This Morning with Daryl McIntyre. Hey, good morning. Good to have you here. Thank you for being part of This Morning with Daryl McIntyre. Uh, Morty, too. And he'll be back in with sports. We'll chat with him a little bit later on this half hour. I want to talk about this plan to uh, try to protect the water treatment plant uh, in in Edmonton, or a couple of plants, uh, both at Rossdale and E.L. Smith, uh, both on the North Saskatchewan River floodplain. And it's about ensuring that, uh, that that our water treatment is safe from flood. So it's flood mitigation, trying to figure out the best way to uh, to protect it. So EPCOR has come up with a plan to, to build a concrete wall and some berms around uh, portions of its water treatment plant plants basically just a barrier keep it out of the way there are some people who think there, there there was a better way of doing this or at least one that was worth considering uh christine kowalczyk Walter is with, with the, the edmonton, edmonton river, river valley, valley conservation, conservation association coalition and also an environment critic for the green party of alberta christine is joining us here on 630 chad this morning how you doing fine thank you daryl good 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 morning good, 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 morning. good to have you on here uh so was there a better way, in your opinion, and did you tell EPCOR about it in the first place? Yes, we have. Uh, the Edmonton River Valley Conservation Coalition has met with EPCOR um, to let them know our concerns, and uh, they don't seem to have listened. I was just reading their What We Heard report uh, that came out at, late last week, I think it was, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't see our concerns in there, but um, we have shared with them the fact that... Uh, we are highly concerned that they want to cut 557 trees in the River Valley, uh, including 77 mature trees. And um, that, you know, just based on even basic research, it seems that cities around the world are doing something very different to protect um, their cities from the increasing floods that we're witnessing. And, and, and it's kind of an opposite approach to what EPCOR is planning. And the premise has been, uh, amongst other things, that you use more natural ways, almost like a sponge. So the, uh, the floodplain is used and then the trees and then the bush and the, uh, the, uh, the greenery is, is part of, a, of, a, of an overall uh, way of trying to protect uh, from flooding. Yep, that's absolutely right. It's it's basically just respecting the floodplain. And um, I mean, that's what floodplains are meant to do is to absorb water in a flood. And um, so cities around the world for 100 years or more have been, you know, creating berms and concrete walls and dikes and you know, all kinds of, of barriers. And uh, especially now with the climate crisis and, you know, a changing environment and increased major flooding, um, they're finding that those things not only don't work to keep out floods, but they actually make matters worse. And so in places like the Netherlands, they're actually removing all that concrete infrastructure and um, finding that if they actually just respect the floodplain and allow um, those areas to revegetate, um, develop healthy soil again, that those areas can retain the water um, that, you know, spills over the banks in the event of a flood and um, and, and keeps those areas safe. It also helps to prevent um, against drought too, because drought and flooding are actually two sides of the same coin. So, you know, it's just really j- treating the land um, in, a, in a much more healthy and, and natural way. And in our city, I mean, it's it's 
that's so important, not just for us, but because the River Valley is a wildlife corridor too. And these areas where EPCOR wants to cut all these trees and put up all these concrete barriers um, are already pinch points in the wildlife corridor. So, you know, why do they want to continue to negatively impact these areas when what we really should be doing is learning from cities who have already made mistakes and are, are reversing, um, you know, those problems and, and finding that rewilding those areas works much better. Um, do you think that their plan is going to work, though? The concrete berms are the berms and the concrete wall that should protect the water treatment plants, which would appear to be the primary focus at the moment. I, I don't think they will work. I have trust in nature. And, you know, there are a lot of articles that, that one can read that, um, you know, in which experts are saying around the world that water always wins. And we saw that just 10 years ago in Calgary and high level. Um, you know, what happened when we didn't respect a floodplain? Look at the damage that was caused by the, the flooding of the Bow River. Um, the same thing is bound to happen here um, with the North Saskatchewan River. And why do we want to do that? And, and you know, why is EPCOR proposing, um, you know, a solution that has been proven to fail? Um, we should be doing the, the opposite and, and learning from what other cities with far more experience and, you know, who've already been down this path, what they have learned. Uh, talking this morning with Christine Kowalczyk from the Green Party of Alberta and the Edmonton River Valley Conservation Coalition. Uh, and we are going to check in with EPCOR here as well because I want to hear uh, a couple, a couple of the different views here. Uh, but as you mentioned, one of the big concerns you have, Christine, is, is the cutting down of more than 500 trees and, and a bunch of them being mature trees. EPCOR says that they, they plan to renaturalize, like put more, uh, more uh, plants or more trees in than what they're taking out. Mm-hmm. So, so to mitigate that kind of an issue and so get the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's not the best of both worlds because those are a lot of those trees that are to be cut down are mature trees and newly planted trees just don't replace mature trees. Mature trees um, offer exponentially greater uh, ecosystem benefits in terms of carbon sequestration and car- in terms of even absorption of water. Um, so it and you know a lot of those trees are 70 to 100 years old. So we'll have to wait that long in order for uh, those trees to perform that same kind of I don't necessarily like this term but ecosystem service in the river valley. So there it really isn't replacement. Um, and one thing that I noticed in Epcord's um, tree mitigation plan is that um, you know they're only proposing restoration of other areas and they've got that word proposed all over the place so you know why aren't they just committing to this restoration and and why haven't they done that work anyway why are they tying that to um, you know a project that involves so much tree loss if they were really good stewards of the river valley they would be doing that work anyways Um, the other thing that is um, important to keep in mind is that some of those the areas where they're going to be cutting trees are going to be maintained tree free going forward and so they're going to be these grass topped concrete walls with security fencing on top is this really what we want for our river valley uh, you know what? And uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to go here, but I have no choice because it pops into my mind. It is a bit of whataboutism. Uh, we also have this uh, down by the, I think it's the E.L. Smith water trample uh, plant, this huge uh, solar panel array that has now taken over uh, a large portion of it. Uh, so when you talk about environmental stewardship of the River Valley, and then, you know, uh, do, you, do, you, do you support the solar power that comes out of that location, but not the, the flood mitigation? plans or are they both bad ideas? 
they're both bad ideas. ERVCC pushed, hard, pushed back very hard against that solar farm, not because we're against solar power at all, but because um, it has to be properly located. And the River Valley um, and prime habitat and a wildlife corridor are exactly the wrong place for a solar farm. Um, we, want, we urged uh, EPCOR to put those solar panels instead on rooftops and really decentralize um, the grid. And this is the way, again, that uh, you know a lot of countries are going is, is in a decentralized um, way and they're they're focusing on um, yeah decentralized solar energy and the same thing perhaps should happen with water treatment you know it, it, is it really wise for these two plants to be responsible for the water treatment of 90 communities this isn't the way it was in the past um, maybe this is an opportunity for us to rethink water treatment and and the wisdom of having two major water treatment plants that are responsible for so many community communities in a floodplain you know maybe we should take those water treatment plants out of, of of those areas, I've heard you know indigenous friends saying that that those those plants just don't belong in the river valley, um, and decentralized water treatment so that every community is more responsible for its own. Boy, that'd be a that'd be a pricey project, huh? Well, but it'll be very pricey if we lose them, right? It's 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 a, a huge risk to have 90 communities yeah. relying on these two water treatment plants. And one thing that I should mention um, in terms of those Dutch models that I talked about where they're rewilding the floodplain is that that work costs a tenth of what the berms and the barriers and all of that cost. So it's a much, it's always much more cost effective and um, and efficient to work with nature rather than against her. And it it is so... Um, arrogant, really, to believe that we can hold back a river. Christine, thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, sharing your perspective on it. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Christine Kowalczyk is with the Edmonton River Valley Conservation Coalition, also the environment critic for the Green Party of Alberta. So, flood mitigation. Uh, Obviously, she's listed out a whole bunch of issues here. Let's check in with EPCOR when we come back after this break, find out uh, some of the reasoning behind that, and uh, see what they say in a moment. This morning with Daryl McIntyre, supported by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Good morning, 617. So we got the view from uh, the River Valley Conservation Coalition, the Green Party, uh, in that last segment. I wanted to talk with EPCOR and just and, and wrap our heads around uh, some of the reasoning from EPCOR on this flood mitigation plan, which I believe is going to start next year. Let's check in with that uh, with Yolanda Cassiero, project manager with EPCOR. Uh, good morning. Thanks so much for your time. How are you? Hi, good morning, Daryl. Thank you. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking about um, the flood protection work that we're doing um, to protect the water treatment plants um, and that essential infrastructure to provide drinking water from high-risk flood events. Got it. And, uh, and the plan is to start construction next year, is it? Yeah, that's correct. We've been doing some work in, for the past three years. We have some interim mitigations in place to ensure that our most critical infrastructure is protected, and we're planning to move forward with the protection of the water treatment plants as a whole beginning next year. So you've heard the uh, the, con- the, the complaint or the concerns uh, that brought up by the, by the coalition, uh, and they say that they also presented to, to EPCOR but didn't really see much of their concerns in, in the reports that followed up. Was this uh, idea of, of just working with the natural elements of a floodplain and, and, and using that an option? 
Yeah, so um, there's a couple different elements at play. Uh, Upcor does have a stormwater integrated resource plan to hold water where it falls in the event of a major storm that could cause flooding. And we have a number of initiatives, dry ponds, low impact developments, that sort of thing around the city that absorbs the water, as has been suggested. Um, We do have some major infrastructure that's located within the floodplain, and that major infrastructure services a large number of people, over 1.3 million, over 90 communities. That's what you mean by the infrastructure, right? Yeah, those two water treatment plants, that's right. Um, And so we have a lot of people who rely on um, robust supply of safe, reliable, and clean drinking water. And so... um, where those two plants are located, it's true, it is within the River Valley. Um, and the barriers that we're proposing to protect those two water treatment plants um, will keep some water outside of that floodplain. The size of the floodplain in Edmonton is quite extensive, though. And the proportion of that floodplain that is being protected with these barriers to keep those water treatment plants in working operation, even in the event of a major flood, is very, very small in comparison to the River Valley and the floodplain as an entirety. So uh, we've done some... Yeah, I'm just curious, like, uh, with some of the, uh, the, other, the other options that the coalition was considering, would they not, in your opinion, have worked as well? Because, uh, you know, Christine, as I was talking to her, said that there's, uh, there's examples around the world where it's worked very well. We just wouldn't have been able to keep the uh, the water treatment plants, um, the infrastructure that's located there dry with some of those other options. Um, we only have control over the area that those water treatment plants are located within. And as I mentioned, the floodplain is quite large. And so as that North Saskatchewan River comes down, Um, From the Columbia Glacier all the way down towards us, um, the ability for us to control the absorption um, to maintain that equipment that's critical to producing water dry is, is not possible and the flood barriers were really our only option. Uh, with with the, the removal of, of the trees, there's more than 500 of them. Uh, mentioned also there's concern about over 70 uh, mature trees. There is, uh, and I haven't read it, so I, I'm going to put this to you. Christine, when I talked to her in the last segment, said that it was proposed that you would uh, replace uh, even more uh, greenery in, in the areas. Is that is that locked in or is it proposed? Yeah, that's something that we're currently working on. Um, That is something that we are uh, moving towards, and we have uh, plans to replace more than 10 times what is being removed within our treatment plant sites themselves. So we're returning um, the area to a more natural state. Um, That uh, area between the water treatment plants and the river where um, where wildlife comes across, we're, we're working to augment that and return that to a more natural state than what it's at currently. Um, we're looking to save as many trees as we can, so we'll be working with an arborist to assess the trees and those that can be moved, we will move. Um, and we're also working with the City of Edmonton to look for areas outside of our um, outside of our property lines, outside of our fence lines, to be able to augment um, some other areas within the River Valley that are currently flagged for additional vegetation and trees. Yeah, I guess uh, you know some people hear plans and we intend to and all that kind of stuff. There, there, there's a faith level here that some people just don't don't really have in in a larger larger organization. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that's definitely something that we've committed to as an organization to implement this vegetation management plan that's in development. It's proposed at this point in time because it's still conceptual. We have to work with our maintenance teams and our operations teams, but it's something that we've committed to as an organization to do. Uh, Yolanda, thank you so much for your time uh, this morning as well and uh, giving us uh, EPCOR's perspective on this. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, Project Manager with EPCOR, Yolanda Cassiero, talking about the flood mitigation efforts that will go into effect uh, and the construction beginning next year around the E.L. Smith Water Treatment Plant and the Rossdale Water Treatment Plant trying to protect those systems from... uh, from flooding. Uh, Christina had also mentioned, you know, maybe those things shouldn't even be there. I don't see that they're going to move the plants. Uh, and it, or maybe I should have checked in with Yolanda, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not part of the plan. So uh, it might be a suggestion, but it's not going to be part of the plan. So what do you think? 780-496-0063. What's the best way to go? Coming up on 624.